your tithes and offering and you can give toward our super Monday seed Sunday as the Lord leads you. And those of you all who may not have those electronic means or technical means to give, you can go to the United States Postal Service and you can drop your seed in the mail to 2423 Linwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 60435. Amen. So we're excited and we're grateful for every person that has continued to sow to support this ministry. And we give God praise for every tither, every offering giver, every seed sower that has continued to bless this ministry and allow us to do what we do to glorify and bless the kingdom of God. Amen. So we're going to give you some time to give. I'm going to give my seed. about the word 
and what God is going to do in the midst of us. Um, before we get there with some real quick announcements and we're going to move forward. Uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, is Mayor's Tips Monday. Uh, we will be on Facebook Live at 8.30 p.m. For those who are married, engaged, uh, considering marriage, amen, tune in on tomorrow. And then Tuesday, we have men's prayer on the prayer call line at 8.30 p.m. Uh, that's our men's prayer call line, uh, intercessory prayer. We pray and, and uh, just encourage each other on our men's prayer call. All men are welcome to join in on that Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Then Wednesday, we have a word and prayer on uh, Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. And 6, and 6 p.m. I do not believe I scheduled uh, anyone for the 10th. Um, I don't know if my, uh, I skipped that date for some unknown reason, but uh, we're going to get some people in there to fill in for this Wednesday because I think I'm going straight to the 17th. I skipped this Wednesday on the schedule, but we're going to work it out. Uh, thank God for uh, those who have been connected and committed to that Wednesday prayer and word. It, was been, it has been really a blessing. We got Deacon Jerry to get on there on uh, last Wednesday night, so it was a blessing and encouragement. Amen. So listen, we're going to move forward. Um, and I think and then Thursday night we'll be back in Bible study. Thursday night we'll be in Bible study. Uh, Bible study is back to in person. Um, those who are um, want to come out, you don't have to register. Uh, so Thursday night Bible study is 6:30 p.m. So Sunday back in the Word, back in the church, 10 a.m. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the Word, y'all. So come on, get your Bibles out, get your phone out. I want you guys to give me a little grace. I need to teach some things this morning. And this word, I promise you, it's going to bless you. Um, and it's going to encourage you. So we've been teaching and we've been talking about the heart of honor. The heart of honor. And God has given us great wisdom, uh, understanding uh, as it relates to honor. And just allowing this word to come alive. And we had two dynamic women that gave the word on last Sunday. They did a phenomenal job. Prophetess Karen and Pastor Benice, they did an awesome job on last week. I had an opportunity just to be fed and sit back. And so today, um, we're going to continue on in this series, The Heart of Honor, Part 6. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'll be reading out the NIV version today, 2 Kings chapter 4. All right, listen. So we've been talking about this heart of honor, and we found out that honor is a place where we esteem someone of value. Uh, we affirm them. Uh, we offer respect to them. And we've been teaching as it relates to uh, honoring God. We opened this thing up talking about Cain and Abel uh, and receiving that offering. Uh, then we talked about children obeying their parents and honoring their parents that their days may be long upon the earth and that things will go well with them. And today we're going to see a great illustration of uh, the power of God where this woman of God begins to honor the man of God. Uh, it's important that we understand the value of honoring those who have been given rule over our life and authority over our life as spiritual leaders. Um, those who we deem to call uh, pastors or your shepherd of your particular, uh, your soul. Uh, we have to give honor and reverence to those who feed us the word of God. Uh, I appreciate Deacon Jerry from the day one. He always quotes the scripture. We should not muzzle the ox that treads the corn. And so we have to understand the value of blessing the men and women of God that uh, God has called us to be able to serve under. And we're going to see some things here in the scripture that um, I believe that are going to come alive because we've heard this message many of times. 
but I was up about 5.30 this morning, and I pulled out my paperback uh, dictionaries this morning, about two of them, and I was just looking at some things and gaining some new insight and some wisdom in these scriptures because I asked the Lord, I said, God, give me revelation every time I open the word of God. God, give me understanding. Give me wisdom. And when we begin to uh, ask God for those things, he'll begin to do that. And so God will give us fresh revelation. He'll give us understanding. And this thing just began to unfold and just to give more insight and revelation. And it's going to bless you. You're going to see uh, the, the commitment that this woman of God, to honor the man of God, how the blessings begin to flow for her, how things begin to open up for her that she was not anticipating, she was not looking for, but she was just being obedient as God was leading her to do. And sometimes we have to just fall to the place and being obedient to what God is instructing you to do. No matter what people may say, no matter what uh, circumstances may look like, if you're just obedient in what the Lord leads yeah. you to do, God will honor that and he will bless you in those particular areas. And so today I want to talk about this Shunammite woman and we want to talk about Elisha. And so Elijah, who is now uh, the predecessor of Elijah, and Elijah has gone on, and now Elijah has left, and he has been given this mantle of God. He's been given a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And because he walked with Elijah, and he began to serve Elijah with a pure heart, he was open. He told the man of God, he said, before you leave, I want a double portion of your anointing. He said, I want the mantle of God that's on your life. How many of us are committed to follow the man and woman of God to the extent that, you know what, I want what's on their life. I want, I want the spiritual blessings. I want the anointing. I want the call. I want the grace that God has bestowed upon them. And so he was so committed to serving him that those things began to fall upon him, and God granted his request. And as soon as he received the mantle, he went forth and began to do miracles just as his mentor had done. He began to part the Jordan. He began to, he's now going to see him. He's going to raise the dead just as his mentor uh, had done. And so we have to begin to take the posture if we're going to have an honor, heart of honor that we have to be humble enough in order to honor those whom we serve and to honor those who God has placed in position to teach us the word of God, to begin to uh, give us instruction, sound doctrine, in order to move to the place of fulfilling our purpose and our destiny in the earth. And so Elijah received this because of his obedience and for his particular desire to follow after the man of God and to serve serve him and to begin to grab hold of everything that he may have left or imparted or to begin to drop that he picked up. Yeah. And so here we see that Elijah has come across in his journey, in his particular work of doing ministry, that he comes to Shunem. He comes to the Shunemite woman and this particular woman has a desire that she says, I recognize that you are a man of God. And she begins to come to the place and she says that she prepares a meal for him every time he passes through and every time that he passes through she prepares a meal for him and then she begins to have a conversation with her husband and she tells her husband she said I discern and I and I and I perceive that this man that comes to us is a true holy man of God notice that she begins to distinguish she said he is a true man of God because there are a lot of people who proclaim to be true men of God but their actions are far from it their particular uh, lifestyle is far from it and so she begins Begin to recognize and see the power of God working in Elijah's life. And so she asked her husband, she said, uh, look, honey.
money. She said, because the man comes more frequently, I believe that we should now build uh, an addition on our house. Yeah. She said, I think we should build a place where he can have a bedroom, uh, he can have a table, he can have a chair and a lap, so that when he comes, he can rest and he can have a place to study. He can have a place to commune with God. And so the husband was in agreement with the wife because he had recognized that she had a gift to be able to discern and see spiritually what he may not have even had focus or time to see because he was caught up in his work and doing the things as a man to do is to provide and protect his family. But because she began to recognize and discern, he came into agreement with the woman because now he has to open up his bank account. Oh, I'm not going to get no help in here. And so now he has to open his bank account and to come into agreement because now he has to go into his resources and build something to be added to their house. I need y'all to know something that the Bible says the Shudamite woman was a rich woman. I need you to know they had a little change in the bank. They had a little money and resources. So for them to build an addition was not a hard thing to do. But because the woman of God wanted to honor the man of God, she was willing to sacrifice and to be willing to give out of her surplus because she saw that it was something that when the man of God came to my house, my house was different. When the man of God came to eat and I served him, I recognized that my husband's spirit was a little different. He loved me a little more. He was more affectionate toward me a little more. He was more kind to me and he was more willing to give me the things that I needed to take care of the family. But here, oh my God, I love the woman of God confidence that she heard God's voice. And I love the fact that her husband trusted that she heard God's voice. Because not only does she begin to decide to say that we're going to build for him, because she even saw and had vision that you know what? I'm preparing something because I want him to not just come and stay for a one-time uh, experience, but I know that when he comes again, I have an open door where he can now come in and be free and he can have liberty to come as he pleases. Because why? She has a desire to honor the man of God. Now, let me break this down into 21st century because I want you to understand the investment that was made. I don't want to talk about the biblical era and the biblical time. I want to make it relevant so that we can make it applicable to our day today and our time and our season because I want you to understand the fullness of the investment. Let's begin to talk about how much does an addition cost for a house. I got Minister Caesar here. He works in construction. He's a, a, a certified welder and he works around a lot of different projects and so he has an eye for these particular things and he has an understanding of construction. So I just begin to Google how much does an addition cost to your home and so hypothetically let's begin to look at this thing in the 21st century in today's context so that I can make this thing applicable to your life the Bible said, well not the Bible, Google said come on Google 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 said I said well since they built the room uh, it gave different sizes of rooms so I just begin to pick out a 12 by 12 room, an average size of a bedroom, 12 by 12 so the average cost uh, that came up could go anywhere between uh, $18,000 and maybe $25,000 depending on what you want, how you want it. So the woman of God was willing to take $18,000 out of her savings, out of her surplus and her overflow to build the man of God a room on top of her house. 
And so not only did she take 18,000, oh my God, I'm going to preach this thing like I feel it. And so I was going to read the scripture, but I'm just paraphrasing the thing because you read it before. But we're going to get to the scripture, we're going to read some, but I, want, I know you follow along with me, but stay connected because this is going to get gooder and gooder. So 18,000 for the addition. Then she says, I want to put a bed there. Now, being this woman of God, she's just not going to give him a twin bed. I believe she made him a queen size at least. A queen size bed. And, and, and now she does not go to, I'm not knocking any other furniture store, but I believe that if we were in 21st century, let's send her to Macy's for a queen size plus type of mattress and bed that would particularly, I looked it up, would run you about $1,500 in that average or more. So let's say she spent $1,500 on the bed. Oh my God. Oh, come on. And so now because she's shopping at Macy's because she wants to give the best to her man of God. She wants to give him the best so he can experience this particular best. Because when you give the best, he's going to come back for more. He's going to come back and be able to relax. He's going to feel comfortable. He's going to feel welcome. And so she spends $1,500 on a bed. So now you're still shopping at Macy's. So she goes and gets the table and the chair set. A nice desk, wood, a nice chair with the reclining and the wheels and it's comfortable will run you about $800 at Macy's. Okay. This is not the swap we're going top notch. <laughs> so now it says that she had a lamp on the table. So, you know, you need to get the Walmart lamp that costs $6.99. No, at Macy's, the lamp will run you $120. So, the project total to build an addition on the house for the man of God that only comes by every now and then. He's not moving in. He's not in a position, listen at this, they don't even have any children, so it's not like she's adding space where somebody else can use it. The space has now been ordained and set aside for the man of God. She's not using it, her husband's not using it, it's Mark. This is for the prophet Elijah, and that's what's on the doorpost, and I believe that no one can go in but the prophet. So now, this project has rented her and her husband $20,420. Now, not to mention, can I just give you a little bit more? Because the Bible says that she fed him a meal. Now, can we just make this a little ethnic? Because I am from the descent of being black. And I've grown up with a little bit of soul food in my life. And so I believe she prepared some greens, some fried chicken, some macaroni and cheese, some cornbread, uh, and a little bit of dessert. Maybe she got a nice slice of lemon pound cake and a slight tall glass of sweet tea. So if you went to Sweetie Pies and you wanted a nice soul food dinner, it would run you at least $15, $15 to $20. So now she has made this full investment in order to Get the man's attention to get the prophet's attention that you know what? I'm serious about serving you, yeah. and I'm serious about you being in my presence because I know that my atmosphere shifts when you come. come and so, I want to make you comfortable because I honor you, and I honor that God has even allowed you to even come in my presence yeah. because for you to even stop here is a blessing. Yeah. Come on, come on. Do you not understand? 
understand that even for the man or woman of God to stop and take time out to go to your house to pray for you, to lay hands on you, to pick up the phone and call you, to encourage you, to bless you, those are things that God will begin to recognize and the people will begin to see. I thank God for the man or woman of God. And let me begin to add an addition on so that he can be comfortable when he comes by. So now let's pick the story up and let's go to the scripture. Ah, Jesus. So, let's go to the Bible and let's read the scripture. Uh, let's pick it up at verse 11. I put all that in, in, in perspective because this, this gets us to verse 11. Amen. Because when you honor the man of God, and a man of God has a pure heart. Yes, sir. See, I want you to think because the right prophet now. Elijah has a pure heart. Yes, sir. That's it. See, a real true man of God not just, is not just concerned about taking from you, but he's also concerned about what can he get to you and how can he put you in position to get you to the better. Not that he's going to give you everything, but he's going to give you the tools and the strategies on how to get to your blessing and how to get to your place of victory, how to get to your place of overcoming. So now at verse 11, let's listen to what he says. One day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shudamite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elijah said to him, tell her you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can we do for you? So because he's a man of God, he asked the woman of God, what can we do for you? He's not just a taker, but he wants to position her and give her to give something to her to let her know that I appreciate that you went into your bank account and you and your husband has built something for me so that I can be comfortable, me and my servant when we come. And so now, what can we do? What can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? Notice he makes a suggestion. He said, now I want you to, can y'all... Man, this thing gonna bless my life, John. Do you know the influence that the prophet has over the kings and over kingdoms? Notice he didn't offer her something small. He started with, can I go to the king on your behalf? I need you to know when you bless the prophet, it will bring you into spheres of influence that you thought you would have never had to be in or that you would never get access to. But because you bless the man of God, but because you honor the man of God, he said, can I do something for you? Can I go before the king? Or the commander of the army? Do I need to set up a witness protection program for you? Do I need to surround your house against enemies and put some armies around you? Do I need to go to the king on your behalf and say, Lord, give her a year of no taxes? Oh, I ain't gonna get no help in here. So listen, so listen. He starts high because he understands the value of what she's done in his life. He doesn't say, can I, you know, Take you to the store and buy you some Twinkies or something? No. He didn't say, you know, you want me to pay your light bill? He said, no. He said, can I speak on your behalf to the king? Because prophets has access that she may not necessarily have access to get to. So listen at this. She replied, I have a home among my own people. She said, look, I'm, in, I'm straight. She said, look, I don't need nothing from the king. Or we, we, we good. My husband's taking care of us. Our family's well. We got some money. Everything is good. So look at verse 14. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. So now, he's asking his servant. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. So now, notice this. He begins to identify an area of need 
and where there's a void. Uh -huh. See, when you honor the man of God, he'll come in and fill a void that's been empty for years. Because if you get under the right voice, some people will begin to speak some things into you that will push you to your purpose and push you to your destiny. Where you may have been in other places lying dormant because that wasn't voice wasn't speaking to, to being a jumpstart you. That voice wasn't charging you. That voice wasn't provoking you. That voice wasn't pushing you. But because now she's in the presence of a voice because she's honored him, it has the power and the ability to push him and push her to a place of destiny because you got to understand something now in this time in this era to be barren was like something to be really as a scar and a stain on you so she doesn't have any children so Gehazi recognized he said look she'll have no kids and her husband old now he had to point that out because listen baby the stuff ain't working like it used to the oven don't heat up as fast as it used to this baby don't work on broil it's a slow cooker Oh, I ain't gonna get no help in here. I need some people. I need some people that understand about a broiler in a stove. Amen. See, this this generation is no microwave. I know about putting my toast in the broiler. You know, just you know, putting it in, in, under the stove and having the broil and that fire. So that's the best toast. It, it, it can't nothing compare to that. You trying to put that stuff in a toast and like it ain't gonna work like that. Put it in the broiler. And so now, verse fifteen. Then Elijah said, "Call her." Listen at this. When you honor the man of God, you honor his position, you honor what and appreciate what he's done for you. He appreciates what she, what she has done for him. He not only sees the void, but he has the faith to believe and activate something in her that she thought was impossible because she's at a barren state and she's been barren for so long. I'm here to let you know that a prophet can speak to dry bones and command dry bones to live again. So you gotta understand something. There's some people that came to this ministry when they first got here, they were dry bones. But as God began to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to them, the gift of God has been stirred up in them. The anointing of God has been stirred up in them. The fire of God has been rekindled in their life. Why? Because you got in the voice of a prophet. Now, I, I want you to understand something. I'm not knocking anybody else's voice as being apostle, pastor, but there's something when there's a prophetic voice that will begin to be released over your life because prophets will begin to go in and destroy things in the spirit that have been hindering you from getting to your natural purpose that the prophet will begin to break down. So now he has the faith to believe. He said, come on in here, baby. Let me prophesy to your barrenness. I need somebody that will begin to receive the word of the Lord from the man or woman of God that's been assigned to your life that they'll be able to speak to your barrenness and call forth the seed out of your belly. Call forth the destiny out of your life. Call forth purpose out of your life. Are you open to receive? Have you honored the man and woman of God so that they can come back and bless you? And so here we go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I did it Come on, y'all. We got too far to go and a short time to get there. Listen. So, he called her and she stood in the doorway. Yes. Notice this. The prophet does not ask her a lot of questions because he does not want to allow doubt words to interfere with what God is able to do and what faith can do. 
So he's operating on his faith. So he does not want to allow her to get in with her doubt. And notice what she says. This is what happens. Oh, my God. He said, verse 16, about this time next year, Elijah said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Notice this. She recognized she calls a man of God and she recognized she's his servant. She submitted to the man of God and the process of what God has brought into her life and the position that the man of God has been placed in in her life. So verse 17. But the woman became pregnant. So regardless if she didn't believe the report of the Lord, that because the prophet said, God has the power and the ability to bring that thing to pass just because the word of the Lord has been released out of the mouth of the prophet. So you may not believe it now, but just wait till next year about this time. Your belly ain't going to start poking out. You're going to start going to the bathroom a little more. You're going to pick up a couple of more pounds. Why? Because I declare that you will have a baby. You won't be married no more. You're going to not only have a baby, but the Bible says a son shall be born. So now, let me back that thing up because I want you to see how honor moved on her behalf. Honor opened the door for the man of God to begin to speak to her barren situation because she honored him and she reverenced him and she began to give to him out of surplus. And notice that she didn't ask the man of God. I mean, the man of God didn't ask her for this. He had to urge her. When you read early on, he had to urge her urge him to come on in the house and eat some of these greens, boy. I know you out here, you've been, you've been, you've been doing ministry. I know you're hungry. Come on and eat. Wait, you know, Elijah trying to be humble, be humble. I'm good, I'm good. As a man of God he was. But she said, come on, I got plenty. And it ain't like them old, them new greens where you got them turkey necks in them. I'm talking about old school with ham hocks in them. Y'all ain't So listen, Listen, I'm just trying to keep you focused. Because you're trying to, I know you're going to try to ride and get some greens this week. I already see it in the spirit. Listen, so, but the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha told her. Verse 18, the child grew, and one, and one day he went out with his father, who was with the reapers. He said to his father, My head, my head. His father told the servant, Carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat up on her lap until noon, and what happened? He died. Oh my God. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. Now wait a minute. If somebody dies, the next step is to prepare for burial. You don't go take a child or a person who's dead to lay in a bed. But now, she doesn't even really fully recognize that she's actually operating in faith because she's not preparing for death, but she's preparing for something. She may not know if he's going to get back up again, but she said, I'm going to put him in the presence where the Lord dwells. I'm going to put him into the place that I added to my house. 
said, I need you to take the glory to the place that I added for God. Where is the place in your home that you added for God? Where is your closet? Where is your space? Where is your sanctuary? Where is your place where the anointing dwells in your home that you carved out for him? She said, I'm taking him up to the addition that me and my husband built for the man of God. And I'm going to lay him in the bed and I'm going to shut the door. Why? Because I don't want nobody to walk by and say, what is he doing in there? Is he sleep? Is he dead? I don't see his chest moving. I don't see his breathing. No. Let him stay in the presence of the Holy Ghost. So the woman of God, she leaves her son there. Listen, the husband's still at work. They had to bring the son in early from having daddy. So now, she called one of her servants because they got money. She said, get me a donkey ready. I'm going to find the man of God. She said, get my cat like gas up. We're going to find the man of God. I need you to understand that because she's in a posture, that because I became pregnant, not on my own strength, but because God allowed me to get pregnant and I gave birth to a son to the glory of God, that now I'm not going to lose this thing just like that. I'm not going to give up on my child just like that. I've invested too much. I've gone through too many years of barrenness and I'm not going to let my child die in the midst of everything I'm going through because why? That baby represents the anointing and the grace and the love of God. So listen. Verse 22, she called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Notice this. I don't want to get into another message. And before I get out of this series, I'm going to talk to y'all about old sister Abigail. Y'all going to understand how to honor your man or woman, how to honor your man of God, which is your husband. This Shunammite woman honored her husband because she wouldn't ask him. She said, can you send me a servant because I need to go and see about my son and I need to see the man of God. She respected and honored her husband. So honor was in her life because let me help you somebody. All married folks, if you ain't honoring your husband at home, don't you come up here serving me. Husband, if you ain't serving and honoring your wife at home, don't you come up here serving me because you're out of order. If you're not serving and honoring your spouse at home, you're out of order. You need to get things in line because your first responsibility is your husband and your wife. You have to be in order there in order for you to begin to properly receive the blessing that God wants to have in your life for you serving the man or woman of God. So listen, she honored her husband. She called her husband and said, please. Send me one of the servants and the donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly in return. Now notice this. What she did not share with her husband was that her son died. Women have something in them to know that men don't have the same faith capacity as them. Because if you start telling me the boy dead, I'm going to panic, I'm going to get worried, I'm going to get stressed out, I'm going to be talking about what can I do? Well, what you doing here? Did you call the ambulance? Did you do mouth to mouth? Did, 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 is the doctor coming? What's going on? But notice she did not get her husband in a frenzy. She just began to ask, can I get a donkey? Can I get the keys to the Escalade? Because I need to go see the man of God. Notice what happens. 
Oh my God. Verse 23. The husband said, why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon on the Sabbath. So notice this. They had a relationship with the man of God. And they went to worship in the place where the man of God worshiped. It's not, a, it's not a specific time. Why are you going to see him now? Notice what the woman of God says. That's all right, she said. She sat up the donkey and said to her servant, lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. Notice how she handled the situation with wisdom. Even when her husband said, it's not the time. Why are you going to see him? She still did not go into detail. She just began to let him know, it's all right. Just let me go ahead on and do what I got to do. And I love the fact that her husband trusted her wife, trusted his wife, that he knew what no hanky-panky going on with the man of God. Y'all, can I get 21st century church in here? Y'all need to don't, 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 don't start batting your eyes now. Don't start looking down into Bible now. Baby, there's some folks that push up on the man and woman of God. They push up on them, try to get them, seduce them, and get them all lured into a bunch of mess. She, he was confident that his woman of God was honoring him and respecting him. He wasn't worried about Elijah pushing up on him. She, he let her go and do what needed to be done. I, I, I mean, I'm talking too much Bible in here today. Listen, let me keep going. I'm making this thing too relevant. She sat on the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, do not slow down unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Listen, she found him at the place where he is there. He's in the presence of God. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant, Gehazi, look, there's the Shulamite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you, all, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Is this not evidence when I told you that men panic? Y'all missed that. Did I just say that men panic? Because we don't have that faith capacity that women have. That when he saw the shooter, my woman, he said, wait a minute, girl, what you doing down here? It ain't the new moon, it ain't the time for you to have fellowship. It ain't Sunday, it ain't morning worship. He said, is your husband all right? Is your child all right? This is the first thing that comes to his mind when he sees the woman because she's coming to him in a time frame that she doesn't normally come. And so he gets panicked. He gets worried. Listen to what he said. I, 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 it's just right here in the scripture. I just told you that. Notice the woman of God, she knows men's character, and she responds to him like she responded to her husband. She said, listen, I'm not going to get you all caught up in your emotions, Elijah, because men, we have emotions that we try to hide. We try to deny. We try to think that they're not there. Just because you don't cry, that's not the only emotion. You get angry. You get upset. And they call me, uh, Pastor Lee's calling me uh, the, Oscar. Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> Ain't no shame my name because sometimes I'll be grouchy. You got to get a deal with me. See, some of y'all thought it was easy being married to the apostle. Some of y'all thought it was easy being in the capacity of serving as first lady. Maybe I get some grouchy days. Maybe I get some moments. Maybe I get some times when my tone ain't right. My voice gets stabbed. Can I be free today and be honest? Because I ain't up here trying to sugarcoat nothing. I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. I mess up. I say the wrong stuff. I do the wrong thing. I make mistakes. But you better believe I'm going to go back and get it right. Somebody get free today. Oscar the Grouch. I might get that on a t-shirt. Oh shit. Mama, mama. Notice the woman of God, the Shulamite woman, she tells Elijah, everything is alright, she said. Wait a minute. She lying to the man of God, but everything ain't alright. She's called those things to be not as though they were. I need somebody to know by. See, 
You got to see, sometimes you can't call that thing what you really is. You got to call that thing what you want it to be. And so she said, everything is well. Verse 27. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden from me and has not told me why. Now, hit those some other you. Y'all, this thing messing me up today. Do you see Elijah in his, in his humility? Now, Elijah has discernment. Now, even though she said everything is all right, he knows that her being here at the wrong time and the way she came on this donkey, baby, that donkey moving out. Baby, that donkey going like a horse. That joker galloping. And so she, he recognizes that she's in distress. Now, I want you to understand even more because I'm breaking this thing down more further than you can. Listen, this lets me know that Elijah has spent time with the woman of God. And he begins to recognize her characteristics and her mannerisms. Yeah. See, when they were eating dinner together, the conversations they would have, when he was in prayer and he would invite her up in prayer and they would begin to pray together, he began to recognize that this is out of character. She's in a distressful place. But notice the humility of the man of God. He says, but the Lord has hidden it from me. See, the prophet, prophecy, we see in part and we know in part. The prophet don't know everything and can't see everything. The prophet is not a psychic and the psychics ain't psychics because they faint. Y'all missed that. So, the man of God, he said, God didn't reveal it to me. What's going on? But in verse 28, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? This is the truth I want to speak. She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Now, she didn't come out and say the boy died. She just said, don't you get my, why you get my hopes up? Why you get me all joy and excited and you allow me to birth a baby? And then take him away. But Elijah tells his servant, and I noticed this in my studies, and if you know Elijah, even when he dealt with the widow woman and the oil. Elijah was the type of prophet that he would encourage people to do things to build their faith where he didn't go first to do it, but he taught them how to move in their faith. So he told the widow woman, go and borrow vessels and fill them with oil. He didn't go pay the debt, which he probably could have, but he gave her strategy on how to raise the money to pay the debt. So he told his servant, Gehazi, go with my staff and lay it on the boy's face because I want to be able in a position where the prophet Elijah was trying to let people know it's not me that's doing this. It's not all about me. I don't have all this anointing. The glory belongs to God. And so notice this. And the other, and the other part of that is is that he was trying to, just as I say, he was trying to build up the woman of God's faith and for him, her to see God in this. But notice, the woman, she said, listen, I'm not going back with him. I'm staying here until he gets back. This is what happened. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. So he says, listen, this woman ain't leaving. 
She wants me to get to this house and get to my room that she built for me and get to this son that God has blessed her with. So let's, let's go ahead and finish this thing out. Verse 31. Gehazi went on ahead, laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elijah and told him, the boy has not answered, has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy laying dead on his couch. Y'all might give me some time because I got to hit some. some. Y'all, oh, I, heard, I heard two mm-hmm. That's all I need is two mm-hmm. 33. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Now, notice this. Elisha is operating in the capacity of his mentor. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Elijah did the same thing mm-hmm. when the woman brought her dead boy uh-huh. to him. Yeah. He began to pray and close the door and he began to lay on the boy. Can I get y'all to help me? I don't have time to read it, but if you go to 1 Kings 17, I'm just that's what happened. Elijah laid on the boy face to face, all on top of him, and, and he called for three times he did. And then the boy awoke. Now listen what Elijah does because I told you that he received a double portion of the particular mantle and the anointing and the spirit of his mentor. So now he's only doing what he saw his mentor do. Just as Jesus said, I only do what I see my daddy do. See, you got to recognize when you honor your man of God, the very thing that's on his life or on her life will begin to fall on you if you honor it properly. And so now listen at this. Oh my God. When Elijah reached the house, there was a boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. I don't care what corona going on, you got to obey Holy Spirit. I don't care what virus is in the earth, you got to obey Holy Spirit. The prophet cannot be fearful. The prophet cannot be intimidated. The prophet has to be obedient to what the instruction that the Holy Spirit begins to give him. And so he begins to lay on the boy. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hand. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Now notice this. Once the boy's body grew warm, Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him again. So he walked back and forth. Pray. God, you need to do this. God, I need you to touch this boy because I prophesied to this woman of God. She's taken care of me. She's honored me. She's opened up her door to me. She's fed me. And I need you to begin to move on the behalf of this woman. And I need you to raise this boy up. So he's going back and forth. And as he gets instruction, as he's praying, this is why he goes back and lays again. So you got to be in a position to be able to hear God and know what to do next. He didn't stop praying and just stop and just pray. He said, no, the Holy Spirit must have told him, go lay on him again. And I know I'm using 20 verses. I'm using uh, New Testament talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm making this relevant. Listen, God began to tell him, go lay on him again. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elijah summoned the and said, Hold the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell on his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Listen, I got one more. Pastor Scripture, I got to show you about this woman, and we're going to close it out. Can y'all give me 10 minutes? 2 Kings chapter 8. No, 2 Kings chapter 2. No, hold on. Chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. This thing going to bless your life. 
Listen, I want you to hear this and I want you to understand. You all, we, we, we just saw what happened, right? We saw how the woman of God honored the man of God. How they had built relationship together. And how Elijah honored her and said, what is it that I can do for you because you've been so gracious to me? And he began to prophesy and prophesy a child. She became pregnant. And God began to bless that the child would die in order for God's work and his miracle working power to be made manifest in that region, Amen. in that area. See, sometimes we got to understand some things. Some things are happening in our life so that the people in those regions and areas can see the miracle working power of God. You're trying to figure out why you're going through that same hell you've been going through for the past three, four years? It's because God's waiting to bring forth a miracle that God will begin to, uh, his glory will be shown forth before the people that doubted, that did not know him, that did not trust him. And so here, this was a miracle that began to happen. And so now, because she has honored the man of God, we find her again in 2 Kings chapter 8. Let's start reading in verse 1. This is going to bless your whole life and we're going to shut it down right here. Now Elijah had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Go away with your family and stay for a while whenever you, wherever you can because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last seven years. Now because she has built relationship with the man of God, the man of God warns her of a famine that's coming and he instructs her to get from this land and to go wherever you can so that you can be sustained over the next seven years. See, this is why it's important that you yield to the instructions of the prophet or what the word of the Lord has been given to you and you'll receive the prophet's reward. Oh, my God. So listen, the woman, verse 2, proceeded to do as the man of God said. Notice this. She was obedient to the instructions and because she did what, what the man of God said, look at verse, listen, continue on. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. So wait a minute. Now, my son been raised from the dead. I done blessed this man of God. And now here it is, here come a family. I gotta relocate my family, not for a couple of months. Seven years. Seven years. That I have to go into another land. But I love the fact that in the seven years that she went to somewhere else, God sustained them. Yeah. Yeah, won't he do it? And listen at this. Because she honored the man of God, not her husband, not saying he dishonored him, but he wasn't the one who had the idea to build the house and build an addition for him. She, he, wasn't, he wasn't the one that had the idea to feed him every time he came by. But the woman of God positioned the family to be blessed. Because she saw vision, she began to see some things in the man of God that that man may have not seen. Because I told you, we don't have the same deserve, the same eye. I'm telling you, women to see some stuff that men don't see. They call it intuition. They, I just got a hunch. I got a feeling. It's the Holy Ghost that will bring and that will speak to a woman that will have them to give them insight, that intuition. And so listen, the woman of God proceeded to do as the man of God said. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. Verse 3, at the end of seven years... She came back from the land of the Philistines and went to appeal to the king for her house and land. Now, wait a minute. She was gone seven years. Her house gone. Land gone. What happened? It's been a famine. It's been desolate. Things have happened. So listen what, listen what, listen what happens. Verse 4. <laughs> the king was talking to Gehazi. Y'all gonna, gonna shout when you see it. The setup of the Holy Ghost. 
the king was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, and he and had said, tell me about all the great things Elijah has done. This is the king talking to Gehazi, and the king asked, what has he, all these good things that Elisha has done? Just as Gehazi was telling king how Elijah had restored the dead to life, the woman whose son Elijah had brought back to life came to appeal to the king for her house and land. How is it that at the very moment that Gehazi is having a conversation about Elijah working the miracle, that the person who received the miracle walks in? Can you not tell me that God's timing is now a day Oh. 
You can't tell me that the power of God's word is not true. And I'm gonna shut it down with this. Oh my God. Oh my God. My God. Oh Jesus. Thursday night after the Bible study. If you heard Thursday night, if you did not hear Thursday night Bible study, you need to go back and watch it. Because it was a blessing. Good evening, Apostle. So I'm blessing you again. I'm telling you why I was I, while I was sitting here, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Bless the man of God. Every chance you get. And I will bless you and take you higher, and not in just monetary, but spiritual. I will lift you up. And I believe God's word because you blessed me tonight in so many ways. All I did was minister the word of God. And this person sent me this message and sowed a seed into my life. That's what the power of God will begin to do. The Holy Spirit will begin to touch people's hearts. People from far and near. And God will begin to allow them to be a blessing in your life. All you got to do is just be obedient to his instructions. And that thing blessed me. That person had just sold into my life earlier that week. And that's why they said, I got to sow again. Because the word encouraged them. And I appreciate them for sharing that. And I release a blessing of double portion upon their life. Everything they expected to receive out of releasing that word and out of believing by faith and sowing into that good ground, I release it over their life right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, we're going to move forward. I'm going to share the second testimony. We're going to get out of here. Let's get ready to take our communion. Come on. Those of you who are at home, prepare your, your bread, your juice, or your crackers. We're going to prepare to take communion. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of you all on Facebook, if the word bless you, just say, that was good. Word bless you. Just say that was good. Wow. God is amazing, man. He's so faithful to us. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Who wouldn't serve a God like this?
word of the Lord reads in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it will not result in judgment. And I will come and give further directions that the Apostle Paul was instructing the Church of Corinth on communion to alleviate any confusion. And as we begin to eat of this bread and drink of this cup, the Bible says as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do show forth the Lord's death until he comes and in remembrance of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we give God thanks for dying on the cross for us, for offering his life as a sacrifice for the remission of sins. So for those of you all who have the bread, have your crackers at home, whatever you may have to represent the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May we all eat together. This juice represents the blood that was shed on Calvary for the remission of sins of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This juice is a representation of his blood. May we all drink together. And we give God praise. We thank God for this time of communion to fellowship and remember our Lord and Savior Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we appreciate you all on this morning. Listen, is there anybody that does not have a church home and would like to become a member of New Covenant Worship Center, you're watching online, you can email ncwcinfo at yahoo.com in order to any further information if you'd like to become a member. Please email us ncwcinfo at yahoo.com. We would love to have you in fellowship to be a part of the ministry and get you in fellowship in the congregation. Listen, Thank you all for an awesome time in the Lord today. Thank you for those who pressed their way through the cold. The temperature was a negative 10, negative 11 degrees this morning. I thank God that our automobiles operated properly and got us here safely. And as we dismiss today, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word that has gone forth. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, God, for keeping us. I pray that as we leave this place, God, that give us traveling mercy, that we'll make it safely back to our destinations, and that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us throughout the course of this week. I decree unexpected income. I decree employment. Doors of opportunity shall open up for you. I prophesy divine help, and that every need in your house shall be met. And that, God, as we leave this place, keep us safe. We bind our heart troubles, all accidents, all traffic tickets, Father, and we release your blessings of our lives. God, we thank you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.
Prophet Worship Center. We will see you on next Sunday. Have a great day. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Let's go for whoever you're rooting for. Amen. Come on, Kansas City. Let's do it. God bless you. Have a great day.